0: Hey, hey there, hey, yeah, hey, hey, Blush Cameron here, this is gonna be the first episode with a guest who I have not known for a super long time, but I've known him long enough to consider him a friend, a good friend in fact. Uh, Kevin Crowder This is also The last episode I did In my dining room, I think So After this one, the episodes will be less echoey So look forward to that Kevin plays in a band called Hoops And he also releases music under his own name Um, He has a new album out That rocks, and it's called Full Hand hope you will check it out um yeah Kevin's awesome I had the privilege of hanging out with Kevin and the other hoops guys Keegan and Drew I had the privilege of hanging out with them a couple months ago I went out to New York City and saw hoops play to a a sold out crowd actually it was a reunion show um they actually played two nights, I think. No, I know. They played two night two nights in a row. And uh Yeah, I went out the first night hung out with them and stayed the night and then my band had a show actually the next night in Brooklyn. So my band um drove out and met up with me there and we played the show. And, um, we actually ended a little early, and Hoops went a little late, so we got to go see them play again, and I saw them play twice in a row, and uh, it was really awesome. You know, Hoops is so sick, and their new material rules really hard, um, and yeah, the next, um... The next week, about a week later, they came to Philly to shoot a video. So we got to chill for the whole weekend while they were here. They stayed at my house. We played PlayStation and drank beer, and it was a great time. Um, I don't know, dude. It's like, I just really appreciate vibing with people and finding people who are on, you know, same wavelength and just share the same perspective and, like same sense of humor and everything. It's like the feeling that you've been friends with the person for years, even though you've just met. And that's how I feel with Kevin and Keegan and Drew. And, um... Yeah, so it was, uh... I was, uh it was great to have Kevin on the podcast, to talk to him. He had a really interesting upbringing that we got to talk about. Um So... Yeah, I hope everyone enjoys the conversation. Please remember to follow me on social media at Blush Cameron on everything, including Patreon, where I uh, will be uploading solo episodes where I talk about things um, related to me and talk about movies and games. And I also will upload songs, demos besides etc etc um, uh, I think that's it thanks for listening guys
1: Like all the museums in Indianapolis today because of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Whoa. And yeah, last night uh, Jack and Mark stayed over. We got back from Chicago yesterday because we played there on Saturday. And then today we went to uh, the Indiana State Museum with uh, Mark and
2: Jack. Dang, that's so epic. I wish Benny, I would have thought about that. My sister Katie. Yeah, it's fun. It was a fun day. Where do you, uh, Mark and Jack live? They don't live in Indy?
1: Uh, no. They live in uh, Bloomington. Word. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's way louder now. I just I just figured out how to turn on speakerphone. So I just I just smoked a bunch of weed. So I'm like,
2: all good. Check. Hey. Yeah. Check. Check.
1: Yeah. Sounds I got good. You
2: loud and clear, bro. Hell yeah. Um. Yeah. You Google CoinTel Pro today. The official uh, day. Oh yeah, <laughs> official Google CoinTel Pro is that like
1: a new a new, uh, new holiday?
2: The yeah, FBI, that, I just didn't it that's the uh, That's like the like CIA uh, operation that uh, like like the black identity extremist based thing. Yeah, well, they were like you know suppressing like uh, yeah, uh, the black civil cares. rights. Yeah, civil rights yeah. movements. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fuckers that murdered uh,
1: Fred Hampton. That's right. Yeah. Google Fred Hampton.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, are we are are we recording the episode right now?
2: Yeah, it's recording. Um I'll do like a little bit of editing, but I just want it to feel like natural so there's no like intro or anything. Tight. I fuck with that. Yeah, I might do like a Mark Marin style intro thing <laughs> later. 15 minutes of uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, uh, I I started a Mark Maron
1: video. This um, interview with Patrick Stewart. That was actually really sick. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, but I was like starting. I was like, man, what the fuck? This guy's just talking
2: and talking. I go down to the comments on YouTube. It's like
1: interview starts at fifteen
2: oh eight. Yeah, you, yeah, like, yeah. Totally. You have to get through like fifteen minutes of like guitar noodling and yeah, talking just, like, about his cat. Yeah, so
1: anyway, yeah, I'm gonna be doing this show. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I actually just listened to the one with um, the guy from Miracle Legion. You ever listen to that band? Fuck yes, I love Miracle Legion.
1: That's so sick. I would love to listen to that. Yeah, it was
2: pretty good. Uh, yeah, I and
1: so that, uh, I, you... that's 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 cool. You mentioned that because I don't know anyone else that fucks with that band. Uh, I think you actually did. You post something on uh, Instagram? Your Instagram story? A Miracle Legion song? I might something? have. Because I think I may have remember seeing one. I was like, Yo, what the fuck? I don't know anyone else that fucks with them.
2: Yeah, I only know them because of Polaris. Right? Yeah, that's same with me. Did you that's, like uh, right. watch Pete and Pete
1: growing up or anything? I mean, I have vague memories of it as a kid, but yeah. I just came across Polaris like because of that band, fucking Paramelos. What? They did a, yeah, you remember that? Yeah, yeah. That, like rock band, uh-huh. they did a. Uh, a cover of the intro of hey sandy and Whoa. i was like this is a cool song and i looked up the original i was like damn that's like this is actually dope like definitely cooler than the terra version yeah that's crazy i didn't know about that um yeah it's funny. it's kind of cool they they mix in uh god only knows by the beach boys like in the bridge section it's pretty funny
2: Hmm. weird it's
1: a pretty cool band i don't yeah. listen to them anymore they were pretty they were pretty pretty important to me back in the day were they oh yeah I had a huge math rock kick um, <clears throat> like in between my metalcore uh, obsession uh, and like phasing into getting into like indie music and mm-hmm. like cooler music like hearing my bloody valentine for the first time mm-hmm. um, yeah through that transition I was listening to a lot of mathcore a lot of math rock shit
2: yeah know? I was I I had the same thing of like when I was like I don't know, 17, like, growing out of the metalcore and getting back into, like, the indie stuff, and, like, it was mostly, like, the math rock that kind of helped me out of that, that phase. Yeah, math rock was a real, it's kind of like being on methadone
1: or something. (laughs) That was terrible. That's a really, uh, (laughs) comparison. Like... For just to highlight
2: how glad I am to be away from metalcore and from math rock <laughs> yeah for sure and post rock too I don't know if you had a post rock like, oh, I mean, yeah. math yeah. rock and yeah. post rock kind of siblings but you know oh
1: yeah well I was so fucking into explosion
2: guy of course oh, yeah. uh, that was huge it's crazy it seems like everybody had that like around like you know 2009 or whatever it is you know late 2000s I mean,
1: especially if you're fucking you know grew up in the church like every everyone I knew who was into music who was like also went to youth group uh was like obsessed with explosions in the sky you know
2: yeah and this is something I wanted to get into um is yeah, like when we were hanging Ready? out yeah you mentioned that you grew up um really religious and I had, like was like whoa I would not have guessed um <laughs> but in some ways it kind of makes sense uh I don't know. I kind of wanted to go through like how you started playing music and go through like your releases and whatnot. Um, cool. So I don't know. I guess like first of all, how, was your whole family religious or like can you kind of expound on yeah. that?
1: Yeah. Um. So my extended family is like, um, pretty religious. You know, typical. Um, but not really fervent. Um, my immediate family though, like my parents, uh, the way they tell the stories, they were, you know, they were both a, like a young married couple and they like had my first two siblings. We, there's seven of us. So, uh, oh, shit! I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I have, um, it goes my oldest brother, Casey, then my two sisters, Nicole and Kelly, then me, then two more sisters, Katie and Courtney, my littlest brother, Michael. Wow. Um, yeah. Big fam. Uh, but yeah, when Casey and Nicole were babies, my parents, uh, were like not really going to church and stuff. And then they said they went to some friends invited them to like a church service and they had this like sort of intense, like awakening. And my mom started taking us to church all the time, uh, and <clears throat> started homeschooling all the kids. Um, and it was cool. I mean, like She, uh, she, you know, she was never like a really nutty kind of, uh, like Christian homeschool mom, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, she definitely had her moments, uh, back in the day of like certain theology that she was into that was like kind of weird, but like for the most part, it's just like really pretty normal upbringing. And like, we were homeschooled, me and all my siblings, oh, my cat's scratching on my chair right now. Anyway, uh, we were homeschooled until high school and, um my mom and my mom got us involved in like community theater pretty early on. We mm-hmm. started my, my mom and my dad started sort of volunteering with this theater group in Carmel, Indiana where we grew up. Um and so my dad would, you know, help build all the sets and stuff and uh my mom would work on like in the costume department or whatever and we started kind of being a part of it and like making friends with other families through that. And so from that point on we were like into music s- stuff performing and you know being goofy whatever like we were we we tried to do some homeschool co-ops back in the day um that just like totally did not work like we were you know not that kind of homeschool family means. Mm. what is a homeschool like, co-op uh it's, so it's basically like a lot of homeschool families will come together um two to three times a week uh maybe even once a week depending on you know it could be anything, but you come together and uh, take classes together, you know. Mm. So there's sort of like this, uh, just like semblance of a, of the of a, a school, a small school meeting. I see. It's like parents are the instructors of certain classes, and everyone kind of goes through how we how we did school. Is a lot of homeschool families would do this. They'll, you could buy curriculums online and just fill out all the books. So it's it wasn't like my mom was like writing calculations and like equations on a chalkboard you know Uh my mom would sit with us and help us work through our own personal workbooks where we would like have a lesson and then you know kind of books that you get for like language classes in high school you know you read through it and then like work through the whole book that's basically what we had all growing up Uh Uh, our subjects were just books that we worked through Uh Um, and then you know when you go to like homeschool co-op you can, you know, kind of like everyone buys into a curriculum together or whatever. Um, but yeah, we tried going to one that I remember was like, I don't know, just weird. Like people are nice, but like that weird nice. That's like something's going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not even we were just too weird, and like my siblings were just like the third week that we went, my sister Kelly was like, I don't want to go. Don't make me go. Even kicked the hole in the wall because she was so mad and didn't want to go to the fucking whole school co op. She's like,
0: "Oh, they're so weird, mom! Don't make me go." Uh-huh.
2: Funny, uh, yeah. So, um so the th- you uh tried, you tried to, to going. do the co op thing while you're doing. This yeah. was around the time you're doing like the production of the theater, uh, the theater production yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah, we start doing uh, musical theater and stuff, and then like. um I don't know. My older brother Casey, he's six years older than me. Um, when he was in like junior high, uh, he like stopped caring about doing musical theater and stuff like that, um, and like got a guitar, started taking guitar lessons. Um, and from that point on, when he got a guitar, I was like, "Oh, dude, guitar's so sick!" Because I was like, "My brother is so cool." Hell yeah! Uh, and so like, I he would be playing guitar, and I'd like watch him play guitar, and be like, oh, "I wish I could do that." And also, at the time we uh you know he got LimeWire and started getting into all this shit you know he his first i mean some of the first shit we listened to was like like sublime, he got really into sublime really hell yeah yeah, same here ahoo uh he was really into Dave Matthews band shit like that, um and that was like the first like secular music that I like really got into
2: Wow you know how like, how, old are are you?
1: how old were you then. <sighs> like or or elementary school Hmm. you know second or third grade maybe Mm -hmm. because I feel like first grade how old are you like 10
2: 10 is is that fourth grade? grade fourth grade yeah yeah I think um
1: yeah, you know, yeah. When I was like seven or eight, probably, um, I started like listening to the music that my brother was listening to because we shared a bedroom uh-huh. our whole lives, and you know he was just like downloading shit on LimeWire, getting CDs from his friends and shit. And so, because like I was homeschooled and I didn't have like my own peer group like surrounding me all the time that I was getting influenced from, that was like my main influence of like what I thought was cool and was like
2: what I wanted to be down with. And like, so when did you start learning guitar? um and was that like your first oh, uh, instrument no i actually of... got, got a
1: drum set when i was 10 um that's the first instrument i got the first instrument i started learning yeah i didn't pick up guitar till like a couple years later maybe but yeah i got a drum set when i was 10 from my Omi no pa for christmas and me and me and casey just started jamming and like learning songs together and shit and yeah being homeschooled is sick because i had just like a ton of free time play drums all the time that's awesome yeah and so i mean from that point on it was like i love playing drums a ton i was like yeah this is fucking sick but i would also like pretend to play guitar all the time and like pretend i was in a music video like the just the idea of being in a band being in a music video is like that is the coolest thing in my mind i didn't give a fuck about sports or any uh you know, I liked video games kind of and and shit like that, but my mom never bought us, like, good game systems or anything. Um, but, yeah, being in a band or, like, playing music or whatever, it was, like, that is the coolest shit in my mind. You know, that's, like, from that point on, it was, like, basically all I care about.
2: Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Um, uh, so when did you start getting into Metalcore then? How did that happen? Um,
1: that came about when my brother went to college, I think. Um, cause he's the one that introduced me to everything. Basically, um, he like came home from college one day, for, like one weekend was like, I think I was in sixth or seventh grade at that time. Um, and I knew of it. I knew of like Christian metalcore because me and Keegan had actually by sixth grade, me and Keegan had met at church and started our first Christian rock cover band. Called the Pursuit. Sick, uh, <laughs> so we sick. covered Ryan K and uh, Hawk Nelson, and all yes. that shit. Played at our church in our youth group and stuff. Pretty fun. My sister Katie sang vocal, lead vocals. Um, Keegan's childhood best friend at the time, Colton Heidegger He was playing keyboard. he Had this big uh, Yamaha like electric keyboard that had like two piano sounds on it.
2: Uh-huh. I'm uh I'm sure people then, know, but Keegan from Hoops
1: is who you're talking about yeah Keegan Beresford been uh best buddy since like sixth grade uh oh, yeah the yeah. band is how we met actually we knew each other at at church but he came up to me one day and was like hey I know you play drums because I had played the electric drum kit in our sixth grade Sunday school room and he was like do you want to start a band with me and Colton uh called The Pursuit and I was like dude fuck mm-hmm. yeah it's time okay.
2: this is <laughs> what you've been training for
1: yeah, so my sister Katie who's 2 years younger than us uh started singing in the band and then Keegan's cousin Greg who was uh 22 at the time Whoa. started played bass for the band. <laughs> yeah. That was that was a pretty funny
2: uh part of the mix. Well, I mean that's cool. I mean he's probably yeah. like thinking like oh, I'm going to you know try to help assist these you know guys these kids yeah
1: it was sick he was he was really he was really cool you know
2: but it could turn out like i don't know if you've seen like some of those cringe like uh catatonic youth type videos where there's like yeah, did you see uh, them, yeah, the one the course. christian metalcore band in the skate shop where there's the like <laughs> one guy who's like super dude like he's like 30 you know, at least 30 or something playing with these kids and <laughs> you know, playing this terrible awful metalcore I, I, yeah i've probably seen it dude but yeah that's i mean it
1: wasn't it wasn't before long me and keegan were like full fully tapped into metalcore Mm because he and i at that point when we started that band we were hanging out all the time showing each other all of the music we were listening to everything we knew were you You guys going to shows at that time um not really um i think uh he had been to a couple reliant k concerts um with his dad but yeah, so w- w- what I was saying, um, my brother came home from college one weekend with his roommate, and I was hanging out with Keegan, and he was like, dude, we're going to a Haste the Day concert, you should come. And I was like, oh, fuck, my brother's inviting me to this fucking concert. And, uh, like, I knew who they were, I knew what metalcore was, I was still kind of scared of it, you know? Oh, yeah. I was like, like are K, like, okay, and and, uh, you know... Alternative rock, like pop punk, Christian pop punk kind of shit. Uh, and so we went to this show. I was like, "All right, I'm kind of scared, but I'm gonna go." And this, uh, I'm, you know, it's excited. And we went, and I was like, "All right, I'm fucking sold, baby." Yeah, yeah. Point yeah. On, I was like, I
2: fuck with this shit so hard. Yeah, those um, the, like your first like hardcore show like that is so. Like such an insane, like surreal experience in a way, you know.
1: Yeah, I forget where it was. It was at this some venue, like in Indianapolis. It was with, it was Haste the Day, and that band, fucking Sky Eats Airplane. Jeez. And uh, maybe Amarosa, but I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe this other band
2: scary kids scaring kids oh I dude think. i love their first their first ep i like <laughs> randomly bought from a best spot and it's still something that i listen to today wow I, I never listened i never i never listened to that
1: band at all but my older brother got one of their shirts and i wore it for years
2: that rules so. dude
1: <laughs> yeah um yeah i was from that point on i started fucking with the that the, the You know, metalcore and scene aesthetic really hard. But I was never really confident enough to really uh, go for it myself. Like I started wearing skinnier jeans and uh, like tossing my hair to the side and wearing Mm -hmm. band, you know, metalcore band tees. Were you guys online much? Did you guys have MySpace or anything? Um, My first social media experience was this little mini blog website called Pixo that my sixth grade youth group friend started hmm. uh and we all had a pixo page and uh that was my first online experience which is actually really insane i had a uh this a uh, little girlfriend in 6th grade uh because my best friend started going out with the girl that i was had a really big crush on and i was like fuck uh i hate my life right now and uh he was like yo you should ask out uh this other girl She's really cute. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. So I did. And uh, we talked on the phone like twice. Mm-hmm. It was pretty crazy. Uh, hung out at youth group. And then someone on Pixo, we all had Pixo pages. And there's a chat box where you could enter in any name. Like, you could just type your name and then the message.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, someone pretended to be my girlfriend and broke up with me
2: on Dude, the chat. What? <laughs> that's I, so
1: yeah, messed up yeah it was really insane uh but the thing was is i was so like not into it that i was like okay you're probably right uh-huh. <laughs> you just went with it and then and then she called me and we talked on the phone and i was like she's like hey that wasn't me i i didn't want to break up and i was like oh well i i kind of did i actually i don't know how i said it but yeah that that happened yeah anyway after that i had myspace and stuff uh my brother had a myspace so i made myself a myspace and like had like the sublime logo as my setting and i had the matrix numbers as my background very nice yeah it was pretty i had a pretty dope myspace um yeah keegan i mean we got our first phones when we were like in seventh grade
2: i think um yeah, That's when I got my cell phone. Yeah, and so I, uh, yeah, you know, so, you know, social media and MySpace and all that was so like big for our like demographic. You know, it's just uh, you know, the stories are so similar. Like I've talked to a couple of people now, and it's always like talking about like LimeWire and RapidShare and MySpace and <laughs> as like you know, avenues yeah. to get into alternative music.
1: Big time, yeah, and I mean myspace is really cool i think myspace is a little more instrumental like a bit later on when i started getting into some indie music but yeah yeah you know i remember going on like the haste the day myspace and then like seeing other bands that
2: were like on their like friends list or some shit mm-hmm. so uh, did the pursuit ever like record or like when did you first record a, oh, a release no. of some kind <sighs> I'm trying to think. The
1: first ever like recording that I made with a band was probably the metalcore band that I was in after the pursuit. Um that I started with some friends. When I went to Carmel High School, uh my freshman year, I met my two like best friends through high school. Well, some of my best friends through high school, Daniel Meza, who I'm still really close with now, and our buddy Seth, who we see each other around here and there. Uh but yeah, we started this metal band in like freshman year of high school called within this war nice uh yeah which actually uh drew osherman of hoops helped daniel pick that name daniel was like in class with him was like hey me and kevin are starting this metal band um which of these
2: should we pick and drew was like within this war that one's sick hell yeah that definitely sounds like a christian metalcore band Yeah, Uh, yeah so that is did you know drew around that time or like when did you meet drew yeah, we uh, we didn't really start
1: hanging until, like, halfway through freshman year, I think, maybe. Um, but we knew each other a little. I, like, I had, I had neighborhood friends when I was, like, in middle school. I was still homeschooled, but I did, like, swim team and stuff in my neighborhood. And, like, I would hang out with my neighborhood friends, and they had friends that, from public school that I met. And I, like, met Drew some, through some friends on, like, a spring break trip one time. He's actually a huge dick. And I was like, dude, I
2: just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just, like, so annoying. I hate this guy. I will definitely never start a band with him.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we, we like, started, we were in school together in, like, freshman year. And they were people around at Carmel High School would, would throw these shows called, at the these pool houses, like, neighborhood pool houses. Um, they would throw these pool house shows and have, you know, bands play. And... I saw Drew play there, and I was like, "All right, cool. Like he's cool. I'll hang out with him." Uh, but yeah, I uh, that metal band was the first and only band I really started in high school. Well, that's not true at all. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure to say. Uh, yeah, um, but that was the first one, and we recorded one single uh, called "Cadaver," which was uh, we recorded it with this fucking guy. Like, in the fucking, like, corn country, like, 45 minutes north of Carmel. Like, in some fucking, like, farmhouse. Not farmhouse, but, like, some house in the middle of nowhere. He, like, recorded metalcore bands. And most of them were from, like, corn country anyway. Hmm. Uh, and so we recorded one song there. And, like, we would play shows around Indy. Um, there was a big metalcore scene in Indy for a long time. And yeah it was fun it was exciting uh it also like sucked like there were a bunch of fucking douchebags, um mm-hmm. as as you can imagine but like also people would like make fun of us for being a christian band we were like fuck you guys
2: man. wow really it yeah was, i mean it was kind of cool in my scene it was definitely accepted and like almost cool oh, yeah. to be it was- a christian band Seriously? yeah uh which is so funny like
1: uh yeah, kind of, I don't know, there's, there's like, this totally, like, total pushback from, like, the sort of garish, hedonistic, like, rock image that mm-hmm. I think, like, early metalcore, coming from the Christian side of things, being like, oh, we can be sensible, we can have a little more, um, I don't know, just this weird self-righteous attitude that that underpins everything, which I imagine, like, you know, comes from, like, i don't know like early hardcore just people being angry about whatever reason Mm -hmm. but you know filtering that through like a a evangelist uh protestant evangelistic point like point of view is 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 truly fucked and it's like a really funny occurrence Mm -hmm. in that i was very much part of and very (laughs) heavily bought into you know
2: yeah yeah uh what year did you graduate high school 2013. Yeah. Okay. And uh, then you uh, you released uh, Magnolia in 2015. What what was happening around that time? Between uh, between like graduating. I don't want to skip over anything. So if I'm missing something, let me know. But like between graduating uh, um, high school and recording Magnolia, what was going on in your life? Then? Yeah. So
1: I wasn't really doing a whole lot. I was in college at Ball State. Um, I went to Ball State right after graduating high school, um, I, which I, I went to Carmel until my junior year. And then my senior year, I went to uh, Heron High School. Um, but junior and senior year is actually when me and Drew and Keegan started hoops with our best friend at the time.
0: Uh, One of our best friends,
1: James Harris, um, which I, you met, James. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he uh, he... James and I met through a Christian... Uh, music, like young music musicians workshop, called Third Friday Rocks. It was every third Friday of the month, and this this weird like music ministry thing, like college music ministry thing in Indianapolis, put it on, and me and Keegan like heard about it. My mom heard about it from some church friend, uh, and was like, "Hey, you should, you and Keegan and Katie should go to this." And that's where we met James Harris, and we started hanging out, having sleepovers around then, listening to Haste the Day together, because he was super shit, mm-hmm. too. You know, he's always been super fucking good at drums, so, like, he would come over and, like, play some drums, and I'd be like, dude, like, I've always been trying to do that. Like, let me try. You know, mm-hmm. we started drumming together, learning how to play metal drums together. It was pretty fucking sick. Yeah, that rocks. Yeah, uh,
2: really fun, fun so time. Did Did you release the solo stuff or the hoop stuff first? Cause it sounds like um, it sounds like you started Hoops first, and then... We started Hoops first. We made one recording. Drew
1: had, like, two Hoops things online already that he made, like, junior year of high school. That was, like... He got really into Wano Tricks Point Never and started making, like, ambient loop-based stuff under the name Hoops, and then was like, hey, I want to make this into a real band. So me and James joined. He was playing drums, I was playing bass, which is, the, like, the first band i played bass in um well that's not true actually i played in james pan fever blanket I played bass for that for a bit can't
0: forget uh, about any fever
1: blanket Yeah forget about fever blanket that was a big band i just hopped in on that one i wasn't part <laughs> of any of the recording but uh played with them for a while um but yeah and then keegan joined in shortly like maybe like six or eight months after we started doing it like he started playing second guitar and shit just playing real estate covers oh yeah yeah that was basically the the big inspo for starting the band for Drew's. he got really fucking into real estate and uh but you know that's off the record. who wait who
2: nothing no one okay yeah it's like a little bit hard to like uh because it seems like your the kevin Crowder stuff and the hoop stuff are kind of running perpendicular a little bit and uh you yeah, know it's hard to it's hard to keep the timeline straight with having to cover both right yeah so yeah we we
1: uh started making hoop stuff after like f- like after our freshman year of college or after we went off to college, we like, yeah, Drew went to ball state freshman year and then he moved down to Bloomington. Um, and so like sophomore year of college, we started Keegan transferred to ball state. So we started driving down from Muncie to Bloomington and make like recording shit with Drew doing hoop stuff again. Cause we had taken a break basically for like all of freshman year of college. But also at that time I was like, learning throughout my freshman year i was like learning how to use garage band in my dorm my roommate was gone most of the time so i'd just be in there like play guitar and like record some vocal tracks into garage band i was in choir at the time so i was really into making like pretty sounding harmonies and stuff yeah and the, really
2: that early vocal. stuff sounds you know i like definitely noticed it, it sounds like you're a your choir guy <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it, it sounds i mean you know it sounds like christian music basically
1: Right. I mean, yeah.
2: Well, and that's kind of just like
1: what I've come to accept is that, you know, music for almost all of my life, every instance in which I was able to play music was either at church or at home with my Christian friends who were like into Christian metalcore, but also like K and shit like that, you know. Um, But yeah, so... I was also got, got like really heavily into like pretty sounding folk music like senior year of high school and like mostly through high school. I got really into Fleet Foxes and shit, you know, mm-hmm. and that first like indie folk thing. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. <clears throat> Friendship over with Metalcore is over. Indie folk is now my best friend. Oh, yeah. Uh, fucking start wearing Sperry's and flannel shirts. You know? Dude, the Sperry's. Yes.
2: I had, had Sperry's. Right, who didn't, man? It was such a moment. So you guys were driving down for hoops, and you were recording in your dorm. How did you get? Yeah. How did you eventually get linked up with Windspear?
1: I uh, well, I started posting my shit on SoundCloud, the little demos that I was making, like pretty thing, like pretty little songs, and people were like, "Hey, these are cool." I was like, "Oh, that's tight." I didn't think they would be like people would be super into it. I was just doing it, and then. When we started playing hoops shows, um, that's when we met Ben Witkugel, uh who was living in IU at the time. He went to IU. And Ben he's just like, He's Winspier, yeah. And he was just around all the shows that we were playing. He was like hanging around the same peer group that <clears throat> were going to house shows in Bloomington early on. Um when we were all there. And uh he I like I was at school and one of my friends at school was in a recording arts program, my friend Joe Trinity, and he was like, Hey, I need to do this project to uh record like four or five original songs from an artist. And I've been hearing your SoundCloud stuff. Do you wanna like we were in choir together, so that's how we knew each other. And he was like, Yeah, I'll record all your shit for free. Um, and you can keep it all. I just need to do it for my like final project. So I did it and then like I was chatting with Ben Wiggle, and I was like, yeah, I'm about to record a bunch of uh, my songs with this guy at my school who like works in the studio. He's like, Oh tight. Let's make a tape. If you're down. Fuck. Yeah. So that was actually before we released any hoops tapes, I think. Um, Cause like maybe six months later we put out the first hoops tape or no, we put out tape two because the first one drew did on his own. Oh, But I'm not entirely sure of the exact timeline of everything like which ones came out first, but Yeah, basically that all that'll happen around the same time and then a year after That after Magnolia We were working on like the hoops ep that we did for the first thing we did for fat possum and I put out Changes that same that that's like that spring changes Um, is the the second album. album Yes, second EP that I did.
2: Okay. Um,
1: Yeah. At at Ball State, it was the same deal. He's like, hey, I've got another final project this year if you want to do another EP.
2: (laughs) Nice. Yeah, it's crazy how, like, circumstantial all this stuff is. Like, just, like, you know, meeting Drew and Keegan and James and everybody just, like, through your regular you know life at school and yeah then meeting ben just because you guys are going to the same shows and like how these connections have you know stayed relevant yeah, to you guys really, wild uh
1: it's it's really cool and it, i you know i consider myself extremely lucky to be able to like meet up with everyone how it happened, how i did like there was and there was no point there was no point where i was like trying to be a solo artist you know yeah i was trying to, we were trying to make hoops happen, like, all the time, basically. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, just, like, always putting shit on YouTube or whatever, like, just trying to play whatever show we could. But when I was making my shit, I was like, you know, this is just what I've doing all my time. And yeah, I wasn't like, I want to be a solo artist. Right, I'm, right. Get my name out there. But, you know, I guess I, I did in in a small way.
2: Yeah, I think but, anybody that, like, you know, puts their music out there, you know, deep down wants it to be heard on some level.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, d- I wanted to be in a band and be playing shows and touring. And, you know, when if that you... meant being just in a band or, like, being a solo artist, like, right. I was like, you know, I'm kind of down for either. But. So, when did you go on your first tour? The first tour that I ever went on was a hoops tour to. Uh, we did we like went to New York and back Um, we played like a show in Ohio and then we played like two shows in Ohio and then a show in New York and then drove back we might have done one more I'm not sure but it was just like a four or five day trip Um, it was me Keegan Drew and James and Ben we took Ben's van and uh, yeah that was man was that 2014 I think Before you released anything? 2015? I'm not sure. That was... That was... Maybe... I'm I'm so confused on the years. Maybe it's 2016. (laughs) Dude, it's so hard to keep track. It was like the spring of the same year that the EP came out.
2: Uh, uh, Okay. On Bandcamp, it says... I don't know if these dates are accurate. It says August 2016. Hmm that might have just been yeah. when it got uploaded to oh it the, says recorded the... april may 2016 okay yeah i think it might have been before that like earlier that spring i don't know and the only way i ever keep track of anything is like looking back at my social media posts you know like if mm-hmm. I, go, I, I go on Facebook sometimes and just, like, go backwards, and I'm like, oh, that happens then, you know? Yeah, for That's sure. That's the only way I'm able to keep my own timeline in check. Um, but, okay, yeah, so uh, Hoops EP comes out, you tour, maybe before it, maybe for it. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, something like that. I mean, at that point, Ben had basically
1: just started managing us, like, not without really asking. Um, I mean, not that we were opposed in any way, but he was like, hey, uh, he's the one who got our tapes sent to Fat Possum because he did this internship in New York. He met Sam Gilbert there, who is A&R guy for Fat Possum. He's the guy we've worked with since we started with them. He's from England. He he works for them in the London office. And uh, yeah, Ben sold him a Hoops tape when he lived in New York. And then like... Six months later, was like, hey, send me stuff. Uh, and so Ben was like, hey, are you guys chill with me? Like, I'm gonna send him your shit, or just kind of sent him was like, hey, this guy wants to talk to you about Fat Possum shit. Wow. Like, oh, and he's like, yeah, I'm down to like meet and because he was trying to do artist management like from the jump, mm-hmm. basically, he like had he had the mind for that already. Was like, yeah, that's like what I'm trying to do. This band. Just like
2: has potential, and just started doing it for us, and was like, "tight, fuck yeah." Yeah, how did you feel like uh, getting signed to Fat Possum?
1: Uh, pretty pimp, honestly. We were like pretty jazzed about it. Uh, and then they like mentioned the advance money that was like we we're gonna get for like, the EP and then for the album. We were like, "What the fuck, dude?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know it's not even that much nowadays for a normal advanced i don't know but yeah it was pretty funny we were all super starry-eyed about everything um which you know naturally came to have a lot of those early illusions uh broken down yeah you know when when we when we started touring for real and like Fucking with, I don't know, just releases and album rollouts and, like, making notes and all that. The whole, the myriad bullshit uh, that comes with doing anything music-related whatsoever. Um, just, like, immediately breaks down any sort of fantasies
2: and illusions you have when you first when you start out. like, Yeah, like, what kind of illusions do you think you had? I don't
1: know. It's it's hard to even say, you know, because, um, you know, I didn't have any clear cut expectations about it. I was just like so, so incredibly stoked to be doing it when we first started and like going out of town to play shows, like just driving down to Nashville for a show. I'd be like, dude, oh, I can't wait to fucking get there. I can't wait to fucking play. Like, I don't know. I was just throughout the whole process because it is exciting and it was really, really fun to like go to New York for the first time and like get dinner with the label and be like, oh, dude. This is crazy, you know, like it's what of what we've been trying to do.
2: Yeah, and that probably like must have came through 'cause I I noted that like the change from Magnolia to changes, you know, if it, it it listens like there were a lot of changes. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I yeah, it was it was a big year, um for that shit and yeah, it's just like uh there's just you come across bullshit at every corner when you're touring and when you're doing things and like little by little it just like puts a realization in your mind they're like, Oh, this is gonna be so much harder than I realized. Right. This is gonna take so much more for me than I realized. And you know, I actually need to think about my future and how I wanna frame how I'm going to pursue this. Cause I'm still in school right now. It's like, it's like I've been watching a shit ton of shark shark tank right now. Um, and I, you'll see people come on that like, Hey sharks, we're two sophomores at the university of Oregon. And we have this peanut butter company that we think is going to be great. And we deserve all the success. We deserve your money, blah, blah, blah. They're so starry eyed. They're so like stoked. And then they're just like, life's going to fucking shit on you. It, like, what are you doing? Like, are you going to drop out of school? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? And they're just like, uh, oh, no, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's know, so that's
0: real. how
1: shit came down for me. Like I dropped out of Ball state my junior year because we were like about to start touring a lot. And like Drew dropped out first and then Keegan was like, yeah, I'm going to do it too. Uh, our friend James had already dropped out of school before that. It um, was just chilling in Grand Rapids, just, like, working a job. And I was the last one to drop out and was, like, it was a pretty dramatic moment coming to my parents with that and being, yeah. like, they were, like, no fucking way are you dropping out. Uh, like, just tour when you can, when like, over the summer, you know, when you have a long weekend or something. But I was, like, man, that's – I know that's not going to work. And I know this is going to, like – everyone else is, like, yo, dude, when are you, when are you going to drop out, like – And I finally did and was just told my parents was like, yeah, I'm I'm doing this. Like, I'm sorry. Um, and they got over it and they were like, okay, well there it is. And, uh, yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to move back home, which is fine with me Mm -hmm. and do that. And I've been (laughs) living at home since then. You haven't been been back to college. I I have not been back to college. Do you think you're going to go back? Um, I've been thinking about it more and more lately. Um, I'm not sure when, if, uh, if any, but, uh, yeah, feel, I've thought about it cause I like college in, in, in ways I hate, I've always hated school. Oh yeah. Uh, uh,
2: yeah. We've talked like, about a shared hate yeah. of school.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just the, just the really specific sort of performance anxiety that it brings out of me and like the insecurity it, it, Sort of illuminates in myself of like how I think and like how I fall short on subjects like math and uh shit like that, or like you know, I'm just like it's I'm like clearly behind other yeah. people when I all throughout high school, um, even when I was homeschooled, I was always distracted,
2: always staring up. I was yeah, a, I feel you know, that hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just I even just hate. I even just hate, like, the fucking lights, like, how the lights are, and I hate the walls and, like, the floors, and I hate all the shit on the the posters. I hate everything about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel you. But, I mean, there was a part of college that I liked was, like, meeting cool professors and learning some actual, like, sort of esoteric knowledge that I would not be getting otherwise. And it's like, oh, this is cool, and, like, I feel like I'm – my brain is kind of actually growing, you know, like, I'm actually – learning how to think critically and whatnot and you know i still like reading a lot i try to read as much as possible even though i don't time right yeah i try to to stay educating myself and learning as much as i can and you know
2: yeah learning is sick i will say very very
1: sick and yeah you don't need school to do it most of the time uh but i i think there's part of me that would maybe one day like to go back and be part of that element that
2: sort of academic element again but you have any like have you thought about what you want to do like when the music stops if it ever does
1: stops man pop possibly go to school and uh you know start writing and researching and reading more i don't know i i think i could get into that once i'm older and more a little boring uh i don't know maybe be some kind of academic, something well, like that. That'd be cool. That'd there be there cool are certain things that, you know, when I was in school, I was in school for organizational communication and I liked the communication studies program. And like, I was in cool classes, like this class called persuasion, which is like a study of all th- persuasive tactics employed in whatever means necessary, not necessarily just manipulating someone, but just like advertising and communication, like, just a really broad sense of, of the word. And I was in this other class, so I was like rhetorical criticism, which was really interesting to me, like criticizing how messages are portrayed and like what methods are employed in, in their communication and how you can critique that and how you can measure it up with the substance, like the, the subject matter. And that was shit that I was like, man, this, that's cool. And I could see myself really digging into some research and like publishing stuff uh, at some point and, maybe getting back into writing a little bit which I was never super into but there was part of me that I that really liked writing
2: yeah well, um, well I mean speaking of writing how do you like approach your songwriting like how is it do you have like a flow chart for it or like so I kind of mm-hmm. have like a little bit Not of, like cool. a like I always start on guitar basically and like yeah write the vocals as I'm like you know doing the chords or whatever and then mm-hmm. build off of that do you have something like that the process um, most of the time I'm just kind of making sketches
1: of a guitar part that I mess around with and record it on my phone or some melody thing that I get in my head record a voice memo or if I think of some line of lyrics that I'd like to put in a song I'll write it in my notes app and or like I don't know just kind of mess around until I have enough like sketches to sort of have a revolving sort of like uh set of sounds in my head that I, I i sort of think about throughout mundane activities like being at work or you know running errands or doing whatever um that i can be like you know how can i just like keep this little bit in mind and then work, keep working it out in my head and like come back to it eventually and i don't know that's usually how it happens so every once can... in a while i'll sit down and write a full song um interesting like, once in a blue moon. Um, but for the most part, it's just small little bits strewn about for months at a time
2: until they come together in some weird way. Like, do you piece do you piece them together, or do you just, like, keep, like, building on them?
1: Both, you know. Uh, sometimes I'll have, like, different sections that I'll just kind of throw, like, push together mm. um, as a full song or something, or... Just take a sketch idea that I have and just build on it, like in the
2: moment, until I have something, like, sort of fleshed out, I guess. That's interesting Uh, because I definitely I feel like you got the vibe of someone that sits down at the piano or with like like a guitar and like write out the song, you know. So it's interesting to hear uh, you kind of.
1: Um, I mean, sometimes
2: there there are times when that
1: sort of inspiration will hit or that sort of creative uh like mode kind of hit and i'll be like sitting at a piano and thinking like playing something that i have a a a quick instinct to expand upon but sometimes i'll be sitting and playing something that i don't have a quick instinct to expand upon so i'll just leave it so Um, do you bring those pieces into like the studio um mostly i'll try and have songs fully written before i go to a studio i see (laughs) a couple of times like on um, um, on my last album and this new one i'm about to put out there there were a couple that were like very much just still just sketches mm-hmm. um that were fleshed out in the studio and they're probably my favorites you know just because they're they feel the newest or whatever or the most like organic
2: maybe like in the moment how did but, you um how did you guys record the original hoop stuff Um, on Drew's Tape Machine,
1: uh, we were recording just straight to tape, like, four track. Um, and then the EP we recorded, the Hoops EP, the first release on Fat Possum, we recorded on, like, I think just Logic, Mm. um, like, did drums to tape, and then did everything else in Logic, um, just digital. And then, um, with Routines, we did, like everything in pro tools um at a studio and then at home uh on our own
2: i see yeah i don't know if this is like public knowledge that people are supposed to know but i heard that it wasn't one of the releases was not lo-fi enough for fat Possum. <laughs> yeah is that real uh, you guys yeah. had to like scrap a whole like ep or something
1: well no it not not nearly that extreme uh when we were making the routines album we went to the studio in brooklyn and we're like we were working with this really awesome guy uh named jarvis tavernier um plays in that (laughs) band woods uh he's like one of the nicest dudes in the world super fucking helpful really cool to work with but we had no focus going into the studio like had no I don't know. It was just, like, sort of drowned in opportunity and, like, possibilities within the studio. You know, like, you get it in there, and there's so much you can do. As when we were making everything on tape, mm-hmm. and even on, like, on our computers, we have this limited set of tools that we know how to use. Mm-hmm. We got in the studio, and we were like, we don't even know where to fucking begin. So we just started recording shit, and we we're like, all right. Just kind of let Jarvis take the reins and be like, yeah, set it up, and we'll start recording it. But, like... You know, he would set it up in a way that we were like, man, this would be nice to sound... If it sounded different, but we have no way to suggest that. Like, no, you know, and we don't really know how to communicate with that with him. Right. But he was really best, um, trying to figure out what we needed. And then we, we got these rough mixes by the end of... We were there for, like, we spent one week there, and then went back home, and then went back again in a, for another week. And by that time, had rough mixes for everything, um... That were like, like completely unmixed, basically just just tracks, like Mm -hmm. just track. And Fat Possum, like we were gonna let Jarvis, or no, we were gonna let this other guy mix. I think I forget who. But uh, Fat Possum heard the rough mixes and were like, um, actually, we kind of want you guys to do everything. We want it to sound more like the EP and the tapes. Because this is too clean, like it just doesn't feel like the the sound that you guys are best at and what you what you do best, you know, uh, you and it like sounds like you guys kind of agreed. agreed, I mean, kind of we were also like, dude, it's fucking, they're not mixed, like <laughs> uh, I see, you know, but you know, I guess their their line of thinking was like, you know before we we'd rather bank on something we can trust rather than sending it to someone else and you know not getting exactly back but i don't know yeah so we redid a lot of shit um we kept a lot of what we did from that studio i think like all the drum takes that we did at the studio we kept Mm -hmm. um but we redid basically everything um at home wow and fucking drove ourselves insane getting this album done and
2: but you know we did it how soon after that did you guys take a break um yeah. I can't remember. You guys, like, stopped in, like, 2018 or something?
1: Yeah, I think so. And Routines came out, was that 2016? Routines was 2017. 2017. Yeah, so it was the following year. Um, we toured on Routines a lot. Like, that whole year, we did this big, great big tour. Um, like, six-week thing that was, like, the longest tour we any of us had done at that point. And we're just doing shit throughout the rest of the year. And yeah, I don't know. We... uh This year, we were all super, super burnt out on everything. And just hated the album. And like, no. we were playing,
2: like, just we're so sick of everything. Was there um, anything specific about the album that you didn't like? I don't know. I think we just like...
1: I don't know. It's it's hard to say because we were stoked about it when we made it and when we finished we were like maybe it's just because we were like fuck we're finally done, but we were pretty stoked on how it sounded when we finished. Um but at the same time we were all like kind of just over it already. Um mm-hmm. like just didn't really going into the album like we just sort of rushed into it with like a just these handful of songs. We were like all right we could do this one, we can do this and this and this one. we'll just plan on doing all these songs that we have like either already demos of with the tapes or you know just ideas of, but I don't know, I think it was all just a little felt a little rushed, and I see there's a lot to it that we probably wish we could have done differently starting out had we known it would have shaken down that way, but you know sometimes you can't help it, and I don't think it's bad. I just, I never listened to hoops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I
2: mean, it's, I mean, you guys are getting your chance now to like try again at making a full length that you guys really like. I mean, all the new songs like Bang, Super Hard, the ones that I've heard. Okay. Thanks, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're all super stoked about the new shit. Um. And I want I to talk about like you guys coming back and all that, but I also don't want to skip over Toss Up that you released uh was that how did i mean how did it feel like to keep doing the kevin k stuff when hoops took a break um it was nice
1: kind of it kind of when we all took a break we were all like oh cool like you're cool with taking a break cool me too like we all have other shit we want to do like there were no hard feelings about it we were all like tight okay let's chill um because we just had like uh, an upcoming tour that was like just not, um, and like a new record that we were planning on doing that we're like not stoked for and not ready to work on, um. But yeah, so when we when when I started really uh, pursuing my stuff, I had already recorded toss up before hoops went on a went on the break. Uh, uh, I had it finished already, and it was like coming out. That, you know, what, June of 2018? Um, and, yeah, we did, like, the first tour for that, that, that summer after it came out. And it was funny. It was kind of, it was pretty weird because up to that point, Hoops was, like, playing, like, the last big tour we did before we broke up was with the drums. And we were, like, playing these big shows. And even the shows we would headline for ourselves, we had built up a pretty good fan base at that point and they were like pretty cool like lively shows where people were there and knew our stuff and were singing along and cheering after every song and it was like it was cool it was really exciting and then I started touring on my shit
2: yeah like I'm not there personally
1: (laughs) it's pretty clear (laughs) yeah well
2: I mean it was funny because you guys like stopped doing hoops but then kept working together basically in different formations yeah. yeah Um, yeah, Keegan and
1: Jack were in the first formation of the kev band um and then Mark started playing with my band as well, and Drew was playing in my band for a minute as well uh so yeah, I mean, we all stayed doing shit um, but we were just so over you know there was like there was no personal i mean there's shit going on in our lives that contributed to like not being prepared to go on a, on a tour and not being ready to undergo this, this next phase of the project that at, at that point just had no steam behind it, you know, but we were also ready to like do other shit and we were still hanging and like talking all the time. Uh, so yeah, it was was funny. It was definitely felt like kind of starting over in a way when I started touring all my shit. And,
2: and, uh, yeah. Definitely a very different experience. <clears throat> yeah. Um, how, how did you get linked up with Bayonet? Um, so they did toss up. Yeah. Did they do changes? Or, yeah, did they do changes no. too, or is t- just starting a toss up?
1: Uh huh. Yeah. So Magnolia and Changes were both on Windspear. Um, and then. <clears throat> Well, ben and Jared were like basically just like fully managing me at that point um, Ben was managing Hoops but yeah uh, they got I forget how we got connected you know you could ask Ben I guess but uh, yeah I met Katie at some Hoops show uh, and she was like yo I'm so stoked to work together when, when Hoops I, I did a solo show there and Katie was there and like heard me play for the first time, which was funny. Cause it was like a really shitty show. Like the the mic kept feeding back like crazy. And like oh, everyone was talking, I was playing an acoustic guitar. and was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, before they had, uh, I mean, they like heard my EPs and then like signed me before they'd even seen me live, wow. which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, they were really excited, um, so that was that was really cool um, to be like, oh damn, this cool label that some
2: cool bands are on. <laughs> I mean, they're stoked about it. That's it feels really cool. Yeah, um, well, and toss that, ups a great awesome. album. So I mean, it really it worked out.
1: Yeah, and uh, it was kind of crazy. They were like, all right, um, we're gonna sign you for an album and an option for another album. I was like, cool. I don't have an album yet but I guess I have to start making one. Hmm. Uh, so cause they had like just released changes when we started talking, basically maybe it was a bit after that, but yeah, I had, I had new songs, you know, that I was like already working on and like a new direction of shit that I was kind of like new sketches that I was just getting the first uh, realizations of. And I was like, all right, um, I think I can have a full album by the next year. I hope hmm I've never made a full album by myself, but I think I can, and then I did,
2: yeah, I mean, you can the like first half of toss up kind of sounds like the older stuff, and then at some point it like changes to being the more like kind of popular like um I don't know you know what I'm saying? Is that like a real thing? Are some of those songs like older than? <laughs>
1: Yeah, some of them are pretty old, I guess. Um,
2: uh, I'm trying to think of—I can't even remember what songs are on. Toss up. Uh, well, maybe we should just move on to your new one. <laughs> <hand>. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh,
0: when
2: uh, you released, you've released a couple singles off of it. Now, when you released "Pretty Boy," was the album done? So that was the first one that came uh, out. No, no, the album wasn't finished at that point. That was
1: the first one that we had finished. Um, and that was just kind of like uh, just an in-betweener sort of thing. Like, we knew we weren't gonna announce, announce the album for a long time, but you know, we just wanted to have something out because I was about to go on a tour and we were like working on it. And we we're like, okay, we can get one of these songs finished mm-hmm. and release it before the we tour just, just to stay present you know Mm -hmm. but yeah that's gonna be on the album it's like first track on side two i think yeah
2: uh how do you like uh uh what i mean what is like the album cycle for you is it like do you guys you guys release the singles leading up and uh tour off those i mean i guess it's just like a normal cycle
1: yeah basically um but, I don't know, it, it depends, you know, because I haven't done any, like, headline tour yet. I, I like, did, like, a couple, like, support tours, and we're, like, s- we'll sometimes trying to be a single out before that tour. And, you know, just you gotta, like, get all your ducks in a row, like, artwork and
2: shit like that. Yeah, all that stuff is so hard, dude. <laughs> all, all, the, all the minutia. Yeah, yeah so hard to the keep meta- track. Meta. Um... So it's gonna be out February twenty eighth. Correct. Hell yeah. yeah. So what about the new hoop stuff then? When is that when is more of that coming out?
1: Um probably not till like
0: sorry.
1: Probably not till like the fall. Um Yeah. We still have a long ways to go on that. Not too long, but we're gonna be recording that more in february actually we're going back to the studio word and it feels good yeah. now yeah it's definitely the early stages and like listening to the rough mixes we have now uh it's like there's definitely a lot i want to change and work on but I, it, it's looking good so far and i'm like stoked on all the songs i think they're gonna turn out really sick
2: yeah how were the
1: comeback shows
2: how did it really feel? fun
1: it felt great, man Playing together was so fun Especially playing the new songs Like So fun And we had Our friend Paul You know Paul
2: Cherry yeah, uh-huh. Playing with us um, Yeah, I should talk for- to him too I should get him on here Oh, for sure He would love it uh,
1: But yeah It's been sick And uh, People have been really Stoked about the comeback uh, We sold out that That first show we played in New York which was pretty crazy, it felt pretty Yeah. Pretty rock star pimp mode. <laughs> yeah, uh, dude. I
2: was fortunate enough <laughs> to be there and that was like a pretty epic crowd. Do you get yeah, nervous about cool. playing in in front of a crowd like that?
1: Um a little bit.
2: But it's also,
1: also it's like I'm more nervous playing in front of a big crowd that's there for a different band. Um, I'm like I feel more like
2: I feel more like oh I'm just this motherfucker that's opening and they don't give a fuck. Yeah, um, the the tension is you know, real when you feel like you're wasting people's time in that way a little bit.
1: Yeah, but when you know when the when when it's packed out and people are like stoked about your band, that's you know that's just fucking it just feels cool. Yeah, totally. But I can imagine. I definitely I definitely don't uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard to to be like i don't want to 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 come off like i'm so humble dude but like i don't really let it get to me or i I try not to because i you know it's cool i i I like that people like uh my band and it's it's it means a lot and it's really cool but it's also just kind of like i'm i also dig just playing normal shows
2: yeah i mean that's like like some crazy big thing you know yeah i mean that's one of the Things I really appreciate about all you guys is how down to earth you are and just like chill, chill mode, you know, yeah, Midwest vibe. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We try to be, if there's one thing that really just gets my goat it's people seeing someone on stage who's like, you know, and I could be projecting all of this, but, you know, just really eating it up and like really like feeding off the, like, getting some kind of ego trip about the the situation you know i don't know i just try my hardest is not you know i try to be real about it.
2: i think you're doing a great job dude <laughs> thanks bro
1: it's uh, a it's a daily grind
2: man keeping it real it's it, no days off <laughs> well do you have any questions for me anything dude, you want to uh, ask me yeah uh who are you trying to have on this podcast next? Uh, I think it's going to be Fred and Isaac the Rangers next. Um, oh yeah, uh, tag team in it. Yeah, we're probably going to do a, a courtroom or a roundtable session with the two boys and myself. Um, I've all I had so far. I've had on Brennan from Brennan Greaves from Pity Sex. Uh, cool. I had I heard that. Oh wait, yeah. Pity Six.
1: Yes, I know that band. I don't know that person, but that band is sick. Right on.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're definitely sick. They were like a run for cover band and like got pretty hot for a minute. Mm-hmm. And the music is actually really sick and it like holds up really well. So, was, And they haven't really like talked about their lives after the breakup, so it was interesting to get into that. Uh, cool. And then I also had Chris Liu from Brave Bird. Okay, I'm if not familiar. If with you remember, there's like a there's a Michigan twinkly emo band that was. Bird. They're from on Grand Rapids. Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor. Yeah. Okay. Which is how I know Maybe. Chris. Cool. Um. So yeah, then you are the third one, and then gonna have the Rangers, and um, do you know uh, Absent Father? Yeah, I think I haven't met them, but. Uh... We've interacted on Twitter, I think. Yeah, probably. They're pretty cool. I mean, they are very cool. They're really nice, and um, yeah, going to have them on. I, yeah, I, I got a I, big I, list of other people to reach out to. Cool. Yeah, uh, this has been cool. I, I hope I wasn't too boring. No, dude, Lord. I super appreciate it. I mean, I don't know what people want to hear, and I don't right. think it matters all that much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially starting out. It's like, I don't know how to do this or what I'm doing. Um, but it's more so about just getting it started. And I really wanted to start first with like friends, you know, and like. For sure. So I really appreciate you coming on and like bearing with me as I am asking you random questions or whatever. Yeah, I uh, I like it. I like the approach. Because, you know,
1: it's uh, it's a conversation that people that I'm always like ready to have with other people that I meet who play music, it's like, all right, so like where where are you coming from? You
2: know? Yeah. I and mean, I, some of my favorite podcasts too, are like whatever Mark Marin is talking to like musicians or people, artists yeah. or whatever. Or like, uh, you know, I like podcasts when guys come on or people musicians come on and talk oh, about yeah. how it all happened. And, you know, sometimes it's really inspiring to hear other people talk about their you know, history and their work. Um, Yeah. Listening to the Patrick
1: Stewart episode, uh, the Patrick Stewart interview with Marin is really sick. I highly recommend it. It's very inspirational. Cool. Everybody
2: check out Mark Marin. Yeah. Shout out to Mark. (laughs) That's the
1: homie. I know you're listening. Mark. Yeah.